Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse. A podcast where we discuss horror in media. And, and tonight, tonight, prepare your tentacles, <laughs> but not in a sexual way. <laughs> As we talk about The Void. I'm Murr. I'm just Steve. And I'm Jonathan. It's weird not having Mitch here again. I know. Yeah, right? we're, we're getting thrown off because we have a we have the usual cadence of, of going through all the names. Yeah. Mitch ain't here. He's enjoying some lovely time with his girlfriend. <laughs> I love you, Mitch. <laughs> Don't tell your girlfriend. Oh my god. Anyways, we're talking about the void today. And this is a 2016 film that was available on Netflix until the one time I want to see it. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's dude. been on Netflix for years. Yeah, dude. and then they finally took it off. I was so pissed. I was like, I think it's on Netflix, guys. We got this. Psych. Oh, the one time I'm able to watch this. Nope. Denied. But this is a Lovecraftian horror film. It was written and directed by Stephen Co- Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie. They are Canadian. They also run... Uh, the company, I just had it right now. Fuck. There it is. They run their own Canadian film production and directing company called Astron 6. And they started in 2007 and they made very low budget films. But The Void is special because it is one of their first mature Basically, like like Dude, scripts. So they're responsible for the movie Manborg, which you showed me earlier. Yeah. Manborg. But also a movie called Psycho Goreman, which came out in 2020 and was like an instant cult classic. Like, that's actually a legit fucking good movie. Psycho Borgman? Psycho Goreman. Goreman. And yeah. it is exactly what you expect. It is like the campiest movie that you come out. They know exactly what they're doing by making like a parody movie. My, my favorite part is going on to their website. I checked this out earlier Fuck this week. Yeah. And they're like, their picture of them, they're all just naked. <laughs> and then it's just like all of them in a room together naked. And they look like 70s porno uh, fucking Holy actors. Shit. Like they did this on purpose because they were wearing like turtlenecks and shit. <laughs> fucking turtlenecks. I gotta go look Not at this Not the now. turtlenecks. Oh, shit. Yeah. Astron 6. But... This movie was uh, released in 2016. It was written by Stephen Kostansky and fucking Jeremy Gillespie. And it was produced by Casey Walker and Jonathan Bronfman. Uh, I Holy can't talk. shit. What is this website? Yeah, it looks like something out of the 70s, right? Dog, this website was made in the 80s. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what am I looking at? They look hilarious, don't they? One of them, I think, is cross-dressing. And then the other two are in, like some costume from the movie and one guy has a letterman jacket on yeah it's just a weird mix of stuff going on yikes on the website and then at the very bottom there's more pictures of them but like weird photos (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's a a lot going on here they have a weird ass tagline somewhere uh five friends a love of film and a suicide pact (laughs) is what it says at the top all right bet all right cool I mean, these these just seem like passion films from yeah. from a bunch of goofballs, and it kind of plays out that way. Well, this one felt a little less goofy. Right. It was more mature, more, hey, guys, let's make something for the film festivals. Let's make something like that has legs. And then they got on Netflix with it. Yeah. So I guess it is a kind of kind of got there, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Anyways, this uh, was released on September 22nd in 2016 at the Fantastic Fest, but released April 7th, 2017 in Canada. Has a runtime of 90 minutes, and the box office was $149,000. This movie was crowdfunded. Which is dope. With, wow. With a budget of $82,000. Yeah. So they th- crowdfunded $82,000? Yeah, they crowdfunded on Indiegogo. When like that, uh, when Indiegogo was kind of like really popular, like there was, this was the site to go and, and raise money on. So they were like, let's fucking do it. And they had a uh, enough interest around it to get the, the, all the money. So there's a lot of fucking money. Uh, we have a little cast character here. I will go through. We have Aaron Poole as Daniel Carter, the main character and cop. Kenneth Welsh as Dr. Richard Powell. Daniel Fathers as the father. <laughs> the, what? the father aka vincent yeah we have kathleen monroe as allison frazier and ellen wong as kim dog i've seen her before what has she been in oh fucking fucking a she was in scott pilgrim versus the world that's fucking knives that's oh knives shit child. really i'm pretty sure that's knives no child way. no i'm nah. pretty sure it is fucking look, look it up, up. wait Fact hold up hold up, up hold up hold up hold up yeah that's fucking knives Fuck yeah, Knives uh, is in this movie. I knew that. W- I'm like, I know her face. Where did I see her before? That's so funny. We also have Evan Stern as James. And if you don't know who Evan Stern is, he plays one of the really weird, gothy, methy kids on Letterkenny. <laughs> <laughs> A movie that has too many seasons on Hulu. Anyways. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, shit. Tell me how you really feel. Oh, oh, I, I enjoy the fucking thing. I'm just like, oh, that's a, I got to watch all this. Fuck. Damn, dog. Sounds like skins. No, I would. <laughs> not, not enough time Don't in the day. skins. Unless it's the U.S. version. You the can U.S. one. The U.K. Yeah. one is the best. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can diss the U.S. They sucked on that one. I don't know what the fuck they were doing with that shit. So the story about this is that Jeremy Gillespie was working a floor below where Guillermo del Toro was working on an unfinished film at the mountain of madness and basically wanted to do an HP Lovecraft, like love film to, to that style with the sci-fi horror. Um, what's the word for it again? Oh, Lovecraftian horror. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, anything associated with, uh, certain creatures from beyond are always associated with Lovecraft because he kind of made the mythos. For that, like the main well, he popularized it. Yeah, yeah, he popularized After, it. You know, that's a better course, way to say it. Um, what's the good word for it? Appropriating it from a lot of different other cultures. Yeah, this 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 idea existed already. He's just the one who popularized it because of his many works that dealt around cosmic horror. And the best part about it is he wasn't really famous when he wrote them. He was famous after he was dead. Yeah, exactly. So he never really felt the fame. That's all right. He was racist anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to discuss his cat's name. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's a fun Google search. Anyways, so these guys usually make comedic horror action movies like Manborg and uh, the other movie that we talked about earlier. But this is more, a more mature take because, you know, they they were taking their time with this one to make a pal- palatable film <laughs> for film selections in Toronto and such. Um. So the void, I do know that this movie was shot in a school. <laughs> like the hospital itself was not an actual hospital; it was a school, and they tore it down right after production was oh, done. Oh dang! Um, I do know that basically, you know, they had a couple of days to do it, and 
they got it done and that was that a very very quick shoot uh i love his quote uh uh Jill, Jill, gillespie Gillespie. Gillespie. <laughs> he he declared that the void was a difficult production, noting that every single thing was the biggest challenge. It was a soul-crushing nightmare. Everybody was pushed to the limit on this movie. The one ray of hope was we got the cast, which came together at the last second. They were very easy to deal with. Yeah, so <laughs> soul not crushing. a not a very easy production. I'll I take bet. that back. They had to probably get everything right the first time around. Yeah, and the thing is they're dealing with Practical effects, right. and this movie showcases uh, Gillespie's use of practical effects that you yeah, could see from shit. their past movies. Like, there's no stop motion in this. There's no CGI for these creatures. Everything is a practical effect. The blood is practical. Right. The disgusting. We were watching this while we were eating. And it was awful. That, that was, was so a funny. Bad okay. idea. I saw. I saw the like gnarly shit going on on screen, and then I just see you guys close, <laughs> close the little boxes of your food. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, the thing is, when you see a fucking person's <laughs> belly wringling with like oh, a baby man. in there, yeah, and then fucked. the fucking tentacles, uh, yeah. tentacles. Yeah. If everywhere. you didn't have a fear about having children, this will do it. This will definitely yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> That shit was sketch. And it wasn't even her kid. It was the fucking, it was the doctor's yeah, kid. Yeah, you end up seeing like her exploded body later on with all the fucking And then tentacles. it turns into that yeah. creature thing. Yeah. Grace shit. Monroe as Maggie, who is one letter away from being my sister. Anyways. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Aaron Poole, this movie basically starts off with Aaron Poole finding a drunk guy who he thinks is a drunk guy in, in the middle of the road. And he's actually being chased by two farmer type characters who just burned down an entire house. Yeah. No, they burned a person. Oh, they burned. Didn't they? they burned a person. That's right. Yeah. Which kind of made it a little interesting. Yeah, they start off, and you think that they are like immediately the bad guys, but, but they uh, somehow knew what was going on. And I, they don't really ever explain it too, and that's the thing with cosmic horror. They kind of leave things up to interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. They'll give you notes and pieces here and there, and you're supposed to go ah, like. I have a theory, but we'll see just how true that is. But my theory is is that there's a cult in the town that brought this creature to their plane of existence. And the two men probably were at some point part of the cult until they started doing some really crazy shit. And they're like, nah, dude, we're out. We're fucking out. And then they've probably summoned these creature things before. So they knew how to deal with them because they were part of their cult previously. Yeah, that's a good angle. I think also they were like manipulating the poor people in the area. Oh, yeah. Just like in the last movie that we were talking about. Definitely. Just like, oh, yeah, bro, we'll give you crank. We'll give you heroin. Come come to the fucking safe house. And bam. Then they sacrifice them to Cthulhu. (laughs) How do you guys feel about the the pre-Squid Game Squid Game characters? (laughs) Right. Literally. (laughs) This is like such a similar premise. Oh, like I was here for the triangle people. face. Dudes. That's what I'm saying. The triangle face. Yeah, dudes. yeah. The fucking the outfit and everything. What I think is uh, really like awesome from the set designer. You see these little triangles everywhere in the in the yeah, setting. Yeah, it's absolutely everywhere. It's in it's in the uh, hospital. It's in the houses that are like being all around here. It's, it's on everywhere. doors. It's on doors. Yeah. The portal thing at the end was shaped like a triangle. Yeah. So this cult has like its footing within the community. 
It was kind of similar to like Willy's Wonderland. Oh, I just realized we... why it's the triangle too. Why is it the triangle? For the ending of the movie. Remember that huge monolithic pyramid? Yeah. That's the symbol. Yeah. I don't know why I just drew that connection. <laughs> I was like, why a triangle? What does it mean? Oh, it's the fucking monolith thing. Duh. Right. Well, they did also like purposely make it vague. Yeah. Like they weren't really, they didn't explain a whole lot besides the fact that the dude actually had powers. Right. And could fucking open a portal to, <laughs> to wherever the fuck this, uh, these creatures are living. The Sith temple. You know, we were talking about it too earlier. This is a this is one of the huge appeals for me, for sci-fi and horror things of when they have these giant places. It's why like the the idea of Dracula having his giant castle appeals yes. to me a lot because he literally has Castle Dracula, which is like huge, like uh, it's a labyrinth that they have to get through, and that always appeals to me because it gives characters like a place to go through. So like the bad guy, the fucking doctor, kind of set up his own labyrinth underneath the hospital that's like like a different dimension basically it's also in a different dimension too like he gets flung back through it and like you get kind of more proof of the dimension thing when it like seals off behind him right and like he cannot go return to that area i love the interpretations that are different for every person like this one is a very gray desolate it looks like something from alien yeah like it looks very run down and like you've landed on lb20 that's what i'm saying (laughs) Um, but like compared to something like Color Out of Space, which I highly recommend as another Lovecraftian or um, what's the word? Cosmic horror story. Right. Um, when we actually get to see like what's on the other side through the elders, it's a CGI like like section of the movie, but it's all super colorful, super neon and like la like lavish. With, oh, like, that's bonds true. Of tentacles huh? and stuff. And there's elders there that you can't really comprehend, but they're there. <laughs> yeah, they really did go in on the like purple reddish colors for color out of space. And then yeah. for this one it was very dull and gray and right. black and white. More cool colors, more stuff that's just a little bit more ominous. Yeah, but then there was that red light. That was a good one. That was throughout the last couple scenes in the hospital. Right. When that- everything starts to go to shit. Those things also freak me out personally because I definitely have that what, I don't know what it's called. The, the the fear of like the large open spaces. I'll look it up, but so, you keep talking. So like if I was to see some sort of giant pyramid in front of me somewhere and it's just like humongous, it'd probably freak me out. Just the same way that like look like seeing open space freaks me out. Agoraphobia. That's it. That's what it was. Yeah. There's also one specifically for the ocean, which is like thassalophobia or something like that. Ooh, that they makes call sense. that agoraphobia. Yep. I thought it was like being outside, like that was their uh, fear. Or I maybe th- it's like to a certain extent. Yeah, it's like a fear of large open spaces, I think. Oh, agoraphobia is a fear of being in situations where escape might be difficult or that help wouldn't be available if things go wrong. Oh, I feel like that's different. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if it has something specific, but who knows if it if it does but that's that's definitely a thing that happens to me um i do not i think it's just more of a thing if i don't like being super exposed but seeing a giant fucking pyramid like that i would just fucking lose it i'm like this is like the opposite of me i prefer open space where i can see everything that's around me yeah I'm claustrophobic. So we're like uh, oh, yeah, we that. are. We are opposite. I, I'm, I but could I definitely... think that's because I almost got trampled at a show once. Yeah, you told me not about a Travis Scott concert. Oh, jeez. Since we're talking about ritual sacrifices. Yeah, since we're talking about <laughs> that shit. Yo, wild. 
Um, yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. I, more proof that I'm a vampire. I could just sleep in a coffin, no problem. That sounds sick. Yeah. I guess I have werewolf energy then. Shit. <laughs> I don't like werewolves though. Um, but 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 I think they did a good job handling the Lovecraftian element of it bring being brought in at the end there, and it wasn't like really excessive. It wasn't like a giant tentacle monster creature broke through like in Hellboy or something. Right. And started attacking everybody. It was like this dude had access and was bringing like, he was like experimenting on people to make these crossbreeds of Lovecraftian creatures with humans and like merging them together. Very reanimator. It was. It, yeah. It, they took a page out of reanimator for like sure. Like the, uh, the cutting board for the, like the surgery room when she's all exposed and covered in like gunk and stuff. Mm. That set design was like stellar. And the thing is this, uh, with Lovecraftian horror, you have people always falling into madness, which is a big thing. Like their psyche betrays them in a lot of these stories, whether it's because they see like an idol or they see like a monster that they can't explain to people because it's too horrific to explain. Basically these people fall into like these, they trample themselves basically into, uh, madness. So you see it with like the father and son character where they're like seeing themselves go into like their old house and their mother has died. And I'm presuming that she was killed by a cult member. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, he was like, you should have saved her. You know, you're the only person here and eventually they have to leave each other. Right. And so it gets really interesting to see it because these guys have their own little, little slice of heaven within this like, weird warped oh, yeah. reality it reminds me of the scene in the in the witch where Ooh. the mom thinks that she's breastfeeding her baby but she's actually getting her tit chomped on by a fucking crow that was uh that was oh, God. yeah i forgot about that yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> but like Fuck. like where they think they're like they're dealing with something and they're attacking something in reality they're just oh, in yeah. an empty corridor he has that moment too where he thinks he sees her normally and right. then he finds out that he's just holding on to her, like, dead body, basically. Or, like, morphed body, because she's still alive, I think. It's kind of fly Yeah. It's gross. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's also the idea that the main bad guy, the doctor, is, a, like, basically a flayed man. Like, he has no skin. Yeah. The special effects really shine here, because they they were, like, using the same tactics that they would in, like, Psycho Goreman yeah. now and, like, uh, Manborg. You yeah. can see that, but he's, like... He's that black that you can't really see shine. Well, there's also like um there's also some metaphors or like symbology for him being that way. Yeah. As in like he's he's physically breaking away his body which is removing of his skin. He's also very open to, to what's this, to come to to this new thing that's coming in. Not not only that, but like he seems to be able to like like materialize, like kind of turn into certain matter like he starts disintegrating at some point and then like reforms yeah like if anything if he wouldn't have gotten pushed into the uh triangle he probably just would have became nothing yeah that was i think his goal like was to kind of end it, the movie is called the void so he wants to enter the void right <laughs> and go uh, we are we're getting a weird call back to another movie shout out to uh, enter the void yeah and so uh, yes my birthday special they also they have a lot of cutaways where you see just like this specific part of space yeah where like you're looking at i don't know what to call it it's like a mixture of gases and stars and things like looks that looks like some pretty decent vape <laughs> I'd say like VG80. 
bro. You like, even not, vape, bro? Ninety. Nah. So it's gotta be. It's gotta be one of the one of the areas in the universe where one of these creatures is just living. That's terrifying. Like, imagine you're like actually doing some interstellar travel and you just come across a giant fucking creature. No, yeah. I'm sure there's a planet full of behemoth-like creatures. I mean, it's like on all fours. Right. The face looks terrifying it's like the size of a fucking mountain yeah this is even more terrifying with the idea that like uh the universe as we know it now doesn't necessarily exist how we think it does that there's like bends and folds of like the fabric of the universe because of the way that certain energies work around so it's like you might have something that is like creating a wormhole or like is kind of bent on itself, and so the time relativity is different. There's a lot of weird shit <laughs> that could be in the universe. So that's one of the most terrifying things for me is like, oh god, there could be something humongous just out there. I know the concept of time is so interesting when you think about <laughs> interstellar, because our yeah. way of measuring time is based off of essentially how our planet just moves ours, within yeah. the solar system, and maybe like the larger portion of this uh, this arm of the galaxy. But then you'll you'll go to another solar system and depending on gravity and the placement and the size of the planet, you could let like a day be a couple weeks or a couple months. And so your concept of time is just completely misconstrued. And then depending on the density, you right. can have time passing faster in one portion of the universe than the other. Yeah, that's what happened in that movie, uh, Interstellar. Yeah. I wanted to bring up an original idea. Yeah. Ooh. Maybe... Something, that I, have, idea something that I have yet to see in a movie. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so usually it's it's the thing that you're talking about where time moves differently for some people. So like it'd be like a group of uh, people on a space station. They go to a different part of the solar system and they say, well, one year here is 20 on Earth. And they would have stowaway like criminals who are just trying to get into the solar system so they could do the one year undetected. So by the time that the crew goes back, it's been 40 years and no one cares about their charges or like 100 years. Oh, that is That's a, a cool idea. That is an original idea. There's pieces of it in other movies, but not completely like what you just said. Right. So like yeah. they, they completely just they're trying to stay under the radar. Right. You know, maybe something bad happens. Because you just put you together know. like you put together like Interstellar Demolition Man. And fucking, uh, what's the other one? Um, I'm blanking on it. Uh, a bit of, a bit of Judge Dredd. No one steal this idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. Dog, That's a good someone's idea. gonna steal it. You fucked up. We gotta cut this whole part no, out. <laughs> just co-write it with me. We'll, I got you. We'll make something Better dope. do it quick. Yeah. We'll make a cool um, sci-fi story out of it. Now, to go from something so large and so big to something so small and human, <laughs> I will talk about the physical fear in this movie. Yeah. Because this movie is stressful as fuck. It you have people dying stressful. left and right within like the first 30 minutes. Yeah. You yeah. Get... They kill off a lot of the characters pretty fast. Yeah. Right. Like the one person gets completely just throat slit by the assistant nurse for no reason. Yo. That... No, he got his eyeballs. Taken oh, that's out. right. That's right. She was like digging scissors into his eyeball. Uh, and then like, proceeded ooh. to cut her own face. And then, I think she tried to cut it off, but didn't quite yo, get there. So we were, Justine and I were talking about this. We were like, yo, that cop really just shot her, like, to kill her. 
Yeah. When he could have just he shot her in the leg. He could have easily, like, shot her arm, yeah. shot her leg. I, I understand why the state trooper was like, dog, give me your gun. I, <laughs> what are yeah. you I like that they have this accurate description of young cops on the job. Some old cops, too, but just fearful cops in general. Fucking yeah. shoot anything that moves. Also, the fastest draw I've ever seen in a movie. I know. This Jesus dude, like, like, quick Like, bro, draw. he was probably practicing in the mirror. Yeah. I'm just saying. Oof. Holy shit. Yeah, that was quick. He was quick to the draw, and I was super surprised. I was like... Could have hit the knee. Could have hit the arm. He could have just fucking taken out his baton and just give her a good whack. I don't know. Something like. <laughs> Tase her. Something else besides just They always shoot go to kill. straight for the gun. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I guess it would have just killed their. Actually, no. He could have not killed her and the plot would have been fine. Yeah, but she was going crazy. But she, she was cutting her she face She was up. also possessed by some sort of interdimensional being. Um, yeah, I'm guessing she might have just she, been uh, on one and would right. take a bullet gladly. Yeah, also, she turns into that wild creature that they have to fucking kill in the hallway. So then after this happens and he gets his gun removed, um, there's a pregnant woman in there and they're trying to basically make her not have contraptions. And then they, they check it outside the, do- uh, the fucking hospital and they see just dozens of cult members like yeah. donning their clothes so i don't know if i missed it but is it were they promising something to these cult members most likely because i don't know if they ever explained it why they were like so loyal why i think they, they were just fanatics <laughs> or were they just fucking nuts? why does anyone do anything no, I'm just well, like, <laughs> right yeah think about it people worship god because they think he's this great being or whatever your perception of god might be i'm talking <laughs> specifically from like an abrahamic standpoint right they think they can do all of these things and take them to a cool new world and there's always the promise of the apocalypse which is why you know cults happen in the first place they put the fear of the apocalypse in them and then they give them a solution so in this case they were bringing about the apocalypse themselves and going to this cool new paradise where all just actually just this fucking desolate pyramid thing but i mean you know basically what i'm saying is religious fanatics will fall and do almost anything if they're convinced enough of something yeah and i want to add on to that because simply because once you get that snowball rolling about fear or like a greater good it could be like hey this person doesn't agree with us we should take them down sacrifice them for the greater good yeah and bam then then the next thing you know you disagree with us? We know what to do with you. You guys are you. you just, and then everyone falls in line out of fear. It's a fear cycle. You've just explained the whole plot of Warhammer 40. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of no, here! No, I, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't say do it. anything. Don't do it. Don't keep oh, going. Don't, I sent a meme the other. I sent a meme recording. If you I talk him, about Warhammer, <laughs> I sent a meme the other day to fucking oh, Justine, man. and it was just like me when someone fucking tells me an entire warhammer book and it was just a person crying i've become the most insufferable person about this because i i'm like 12 or 13 books into the series and i've just been like getting really deep into the lore essentially like Uh, i'm not no no i'm not talking about about it it. i'm talking about religion okay (laughs) (laughs) no the the general idea is what you guys are already getting at is that um from the start religious dogma is already flawed to start with because you have this impression that if people don't believe the same thing that you believe, then they are inherently wrong and that you have to do something about it. Yeah, they're heretics. And so, yeah, and so you get the you get the extreme version of it, which is the fanaticism of being like, well, everybody who doesn't worship the same person I do is a fucking heretic and they have to burn. And yeah. like something has to be done about it, aka why they did the crusades and shit like that. So okay. it's like you end up having this idea that they all probably adhere to, which is like, oh, we're going to get some like, we're like we're right. We're going to get some sort of saving 
get to a point and they, they, they like literally get to transfer somewhere else in this case because they can you imagine like you, this isn't like fake for them they saw this dude open a fucking portal on the wall so of course they're gonna believe him oh yeah totally. yeah so they're gonna be like oh no this dude's legit like the, he's not lying about giving us some special powers and so like after seeing something like that yeah they're gonna fucking murder some right. people like they're like yeah fuck yeah let's go probably could have showed him on a smaller scale too off screen you know right or like i don't know i thought it was wild that um something that's not explained in the movie is the the truck and the cop car being pulled all the way to the other side of the lot yeah what the okay fuck? here's here's my thing so we're not sure exactly when they went into this alternate dimension type Ooh, space okay so i think as soon as they heard the first horn that's when they entered the the dimension. That fucking horn's terrifying. I know. Wait, and so like, so like, the whole hospital is in a different. The whole area was in it. That like chunk of where they live. Yeah, at. I think they did some sort of ritual to like open up a portal or Dang. bend the fabric of reality. I didn't even think about that. Bring this. It's like calm. Oh, it's like being in purgatory. You're like in the waiting room for right. like the good shit, you know. And then from there, they open the portal into their new planet yeah. or whatever. Actually, that makes sense because uh, they're trying to go after the woman nurse character because yeah. she's trying to aid the, I the s- pregnant woman. I say that specifically because I know a lot of times, especially with people who believe they've traveled to astral areas or astral worlds, is that a lot of times the areas look very similar to your own reality but some things are slightly different like things are larger things are far further apart gotcha yeah i guess that that is a pretty good take on it because they're trying to tell them where the surgery room is and then they're like oh yeah it's the last one down the hall there's only one why is there like 30 steps of stairs you know why why is there an extra staircase here they opened another portal i think you're right yeah something like that um fucking terrifying though these creature effects are insane too just seeing all the people who are, have been wronged by this cult like killing themselves over and over again like smashing their head into the wall oh, what's right. really repeatedly. impressive too is considering their budget they probably did a lot of this on practical effects oh the whole thing was practical they yeah. had no cgi except for maybe the uh the space scenes yeah and they said that they were uh influenced by the thing of course yeah rob yeah. Uh, rob boutine is showing his work in everything everything practical pretty much and then i know that this is this is a, another crazy thing that i remembered um it's a goof uh cigarettes can't like gasoline wait what they can't like gasoline why is that not enough flame oh interesting yeah so like why they would... tell me not to smoke in the gas station because it's a lot of gasoline oh fair <laughs> wait so it has to be like what an open flame yeah Actually, I don't know. We could test this, but that's <laughs> where are we going <laughs> to test this, this at home, at? kids. Uh. We'll put this to the test. I'll get back to you. But also, I do know that this movie shares a similar plot to uh, what's that movie? The Prince of Darkness from John Carpenter. Right. Because they, they open a portal eventually in both movies. I don't know. Cosmic horror is wild. Yo, space travel is wild. This is the last thing I wanted to mention. It's terrifying to be pregnant already, but carrying a celestial being that is also a monster that's going to like potentially ruin the world or end the world, that's even worse. But the thing that made me squirm the most in my seat when watching this film is the inexperienced Ellen Wong. 
almost trying to do a C-section with no experience. Oh, God. Like, like the main nurse goes out. She knows what to do. And this is a med student. Med student. Currently in school. Currently reading the textbook as she's at, like, I don't know, maybe an internship. Yeah, working the front desk or something like that. Yeah. And, like, it's terrifying because she goes for the scalpel so many times and she just can't get it herself to do it. You see the squirming of, like, the baby and it's just, oh. That's such a wild concept (laughs) to me is, like, doing surgery on people. Like, how are you so comfortable cutting into human skin like that? Like, obviously they're trained for it, so, of course, they're going to be comfortable with it. But even still, like, that concept's kind of wild to me as someone who is inexperienced. And Mm -hmm. so I get where she's coming from, not wanting to be able to do it, because that's a lot of power you have right there. Oh, fuck no. There was even, like, a montage moment with the doctor where he was talking about how powerful he feels doing surgery on people. But like you're literally holding someone's life in your hands every time you go and cut into them. How many surgery patients do you think he sacrificed to this thing? It's gotta be like hundreds. Mm. It's gotta be in the hundreds. I mean, there was those, those pictures that, which are like porn pol- Polaroids basically. Yeah. They, they were having some crazy creep. sex, man. I like, couldn't even really make out what was going on in those photos. I'd have to go back and like pause it. Yeah. But this thing is like, I don't know, I think it's a pretty cool entry for cosmic horror because we don't really see that much on screen nowadays. Like the only thing I could really compare it to is Color Out of Space. And like maybe like that really bad uh, interpretation of uh, Dagon from like 2003 or something. The, the mist gets really close. The oh, mist is, yeah. is very yeah. Lovecraftian or cosmic horror like. Also, that one had sirens, too. Dude, fucking sirens are scary, man. Dude, you- fucking the mist <laughs> fucked you up because of their ending. Oh, he's yeah. He's like, you know what? Let me just shoot my whole fucking family. And then no bullet left for him. And then the fucking army shows up, like, seconds after he does this. And you're just like, oh, damn. He just shot his kid in the face. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to do? I'm just reminded of that guy that I saw at the upgrade. Oh, yeah, I watch a movie every week. And, like, you know. It sucks when the ending suck or like when the ending's bad or like the ending like just grips you and he's like, "Well, boys, that's another one." <laughs> another one. He just looks so sad cuz he's like, "Yeah, I hate sad endings." Oh shit, here's Bruh. another. <laughs> yeah, here's another one for you. Okay. Do you guys have a favorite scene from this movie? Hmm. I'm thinking the fucking when he opens up that portal, that's like peak Lovecraftian. He, Dang. Okay, I was gonna say that, but I was like, is that too cheesy? No, nah, dude. He has like his whole chant and everything. Like he says some weird shit. I want to know if he was actually using some dead language like Sumerian Probably. or some shit like that. He was he was going through it, and then it's like at first I was like, man, he can do shit, and then he fucking starts <laughs> going through the chanting, and the wall opens up, and I was like, oh fuck, this guy's serious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like this is like, and then he comes out fucking his top half showing, and he's just flayed, and you're like, oh, this guy is. That's a cult leader <laughs> yeah. right there. Like this guy is the, he's connected. Did you have a favorite one or was it the same? Yeah. It's the same as his. Gotcha. I think mine is like a little bit a- um, after that when the beast first appears, because I love the crazy looking feet that come out and they squash a cult member's head. Oh, right. Like, Just like straight up like stomps it out. Yeah. And then the whole scene where like they're trying to get rid of it and they basically, throw a flare at it and shoot it with a shotgun is all fun. 
the the creature reminds me very much of uh, Richard Stanley's uh, movie Hardware because it was a skull mecha- uh, mechanic robot. Do you remember? Um, I think it was one of the Alien movies where they had like the weird hybrid that showed up later, and it had like a human skull. Ooh, yeah, that's what it looked like to me. That was Alien Four. That I shit think. was fucked. I was like, Ugh. this is such like grotesque disturbing character or creature design very body horror yeah oh yeah there's a lot of body horror included yeah splicing is everywhere man um but yeah what would you guys rate the void i'm probably gonna give it like a nine okay this is pretty solid movie even if it is a little vague in some spots and you got to give a lot of credit to that uh practical effects because it always looks good on screen no matter what you're doing if you put work into it I think the hard work paid off. I'm going to give this like an eight. I think uh, it's it's not really an original like kind of story, but it's a cool take on those kind of cosmic horror things. Yeah, and yeah. always got to give points to practical effects. Um, it's a little campy, but not too campy. Yeah, I feel like it's it ended up kind of going down that route because of the actors and their responses. But then it like, it kind of got curved literally because they died. Uh, <laughs> and you just have like a few characters left over. Um, I wasn't sure how I felt about the character who he was, he made mute by an accident or was I, he, or I did th- he not speak? I personally think uh, they, I think they show it in like a throwaway line, but his vocal cords are cut out. Okay. I thought he has like so. scars around his neck. Yeah. I wasn't sure how I felt about that because they didn't even offer up like a signing or anything. He like just didn't say anything. Um, but it's understandable if he like it just happened and he had like he has no other way to say anything. It kind of makes you feel with him because he could only communicate with him, with him right. through his eyes. Yeah. And then he has this connection with the other guy who was there who's not related. I'm guessing. They no, just, it's his father. Is it actually his dad? Yeah. They do in the dream sequence. They go back and they look at. Oh, there's damn, a family photo with them. I missed them. that. Yeah, I thought they were like just like surviving together. I, th- I think what happened is the cult members took their their wife slash mom. Oh, that's right. Because he even like. And I thought, oh, he you know what? Him later. That's maybe why his vocal cords got cut out. Ooh. Why? Why? So he can't tell his dad who did it. Oh shit. Dang. Ooh. Fucked up. Damn. Did you have a favorite, or did you have a rating, Justine? I'll go with an eight. Nice. Yeah. You know, this changes things now, I think, because then you're just like, oh, dude, dad was just roasting cult members. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> like, yo, kill my wife. Like, you're about to fucking all die. Yeah, on a revenge mission now. Yeah, he was revenge all the way through. Um, right. Any last notes? Uh, I, do, I do have one. We need more Lovecraft-style movies, but not like shit just based off of one of his stories like don't just like stop adapting his work make something new that's in the same like vein of here's some crazy cosmic horror shit i want to see like old virginian houses in a modern setting right with i want to see tentacle entities come from the sky you know what i want to see i want to see something that's like way the fuck in the future like Mm. sci-fi like basis and then you get some crazy cult members so you then you get this cool like um like uh, futuristic mixing of like oh they're gonna use some technology to open up some portal and then you have like you have a mix of the technology an old relic and then these crazy creatures coming through like portals or whatever uh, 
like sacrifices that they're doing. That's called Doom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, let's make a cooler version of Doom. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Doom's already dope. Uh <laughs> Yeah, like that's that's pretty much Doom Eternal. Let's uh, make an actual good Doom movie. Yeah. That that actually does need to be happening. Yeah, cuz cuz uh, even though the ori- the original one is great to watch, it's not a good adaptation of Doom. And the new movie that they made like last year is awful. Fuck. But it's fun to watch with friends and beers. Yeah, it's true. There's a movie that I wanted to recommend that I saw recently and it goes more into the body horror and like um ritual area kind of thing um that's a movie called old by m night Shyamalan. yeah i I was wondering about that i just watched it recently and i thought for m night Shyamalan movie up there pretty good pretty decent but as a movie movie it's not the best so he's uh he's very much the 50 50 yeah it's gonna be either amazing like signs Mm-hmm. Or it's gonna be fucking trash like the village. I thought it was a really strong premise, and the way that they executed it was really um, original. All right. Because the thing is, uh, the whole premise is that these people at a resort who are sick, they all go to a special part of the island in the resort, and they can't leave supposedly because they keep getting headaches. That's when they realize that they are slowly aging at just this part of the beach. Oh wow! They're aging at a rapid rate, about three day uh, a day a second. Oh wow! Okay. So within a couple of hours, some of them, like six year olds, are turning into sixteen year olds. Weird. Or it's like three days every one sec second or something like that. That's like a whole new book of problems. Yeah. So you have like six year olds (laughs) becoming sixteen year olds. Yeah. Um, people who are old just dying. People with mental health problems that are like dormant coming out. All kinds of stuff. And I'm not going to spoil the movie for anyone because I think you should check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely check something out. It's very interesting to watch because uh, it gets into that. Oh, hey, look at my six-year-old. He is now <laughs> a 16-year-old and his voice is cracking. It's played by the uh, by the son in Hereditary. <laughs> That's true. Also, um, I read uh, I reread The Call of Cthulhu yes. not that long ago. Not as good as I remember. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. After like reading a whole bunch of other shit and then going through film school and then going back to the story structure, I was like, this is kind of I mean, you really just care about the last chapter. Yeah. Literally. He, I think that, I think that's what it was. The first part of it is just like kind of ranting, um, or like trying, it's like when it's like you, like you guys don't understand just like how scary this shit is. Like this shit is the scariest thing you've ever seen. We're not going to describe it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is because if I told you, it would just drive you nuts. And then that's, (laughs) that's what the story is for like 20 pages. And then you're like, Oh, now you're going to, now you're going to actually tell me. And then when he does tell you, it's like the vaguest description ever. I I personally think that Dagon is a stronger story. Oh yeah. yeah, I could like, even though it's a shorter one, I, I personally think that's a stronger because the imagery is much more lush. Yeah, that's fair. Also, I wanted to talk about old real quick, but Thomas and Mackenzie is in that movie, and she is awesome. She, what else is she in? She's in uh, she's in Jojo Rabbit. I know that. That's right. And she's also in Last Night in Soho with Anna Taylor. Yo, I'm really curious about that that movie. We saw a preview for it like twice, I think now. Yeah, it looks interesting. Matt Smith is in it. Other things are going. Anna Taylor looks hot. She's the <laughs> one with the big eyes. She's the one that was the, in the sister the, in the witch. She's in the Queen's Gambit. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's her. That's her. I thought I almost mixed her up with um Wow, I'm forgetting her name. Uh the girl from Jennifer's Body, Needy. Oh yeah. What the fuck is her name? Do you know who I'm talking about? Justine's asleep. <laughs> no, I'm still awake. 
Uh, I'm about to fall asleep, though. Yeah, we should probably wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Someone will know. You'll look it up. Damn, what the fuck is her name? This is going to bother me. Fast fingers, John. Uh, Amanda Seyfried. There we go. That's it. I mixed her up, and it's not. Well, it kind of is because they're both white, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Same chick. Anyways, this was our episode on The Void. Hell yeah. It's good. Yeah. I, I would go watch it. It's worth Jeremy the, Gillespie. Worth I want to see more stuff from this uh this company. They are working on something new. Awesome. I'm I'm gonna check out Psycho Gorman when I can. <laughs> um yeah, I think that's the latest one they did. Um yeah, Psycho Gorman was the latest one. Um although, already has a cult classic, huh? And it was just like it it re- got well received. Like um on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an approval rating of 92%. What the fuck? 92. I need for, to check this out. For for a fucking parody film that's 99 minutes long. All right, let's let's yeah, I got to do this. <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap it up. I grab my coat. Justine, you got your shoes? Yeah, I got my shoes. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. If you'd like to support us, please check out our Patreon, where for $2 a month, you can recommend us a piece of horror media for us to review. Also, check out our merch. We have a link tree available on our social media platforms. That's right. We have the Instagrams, the Facebooks, and the Twitters. We would also like to tell you that we're sorry for the delay in episodes, but we mentioned it in the Wally's or Willy's Wonderland episode. But John is currently almost done with directing his yeah. short film. He also yeah. wrote it. He also wrote it. I did also write it. Yeah, he also was the onset Chipotle eater. And I would say producer <laughs> as well. Oh. Yes, I'm going to be getting a producer credit in that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a PA. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Anyways. I was the idea machine. Hey. Nice. Yeah. We're all going to just be like, hey, and I did this. and I. <laughs> Anyways, that's going to be coming out probably soon. And we're going to promote that on the on the social media so keep an eye out for that yeah man. Uh, i'll share the link so that everybody can go and watch it um it's not like any, you don't have to pay to go watch it or anything i'll just put it up somewhere <laughs> yeah and then i'm going to be submitting it to festivals to see if it wins the prizes yeah so check it out it's going to be great anyways i'm mer i'm justine and i'm john thank you Woo. and i'm mitch <laughs> ho ho ho